Hi, and welcome to another podcast of Faith Activators. We're so glad you could join us today for this conversation on the process of editing. And I have some friends and authors with me, Eric Bryant. Hi, Eric. Hey, good to see you, Mike. Uh, and this is Rob Stinnett. Hello, how are you? And these guys are friends. They're on uh, leadership in different uh, churches here in Austin. And But their night job is... And their passion is writing. I, would, I could say that for both of you. You've written books. Eric wrote a book called Not Like Me, A Field Guide for Influence in a Diverse World, which I really enjoyed. It's published by Zondervan. And then Rob's written too many uh, novels and screen uh, plays. Not screen plays. Did I say that right? Yeah, screen, screen plays. Screen plays. That's yeah, it. Okay. You nailed it. You nailed, you nailed it. it. Nailed it. So, uh, and he's written a lot. And we had a, if you just listen to this conversation, go back and listen to our last conversation on the process of writing about how to create content. And what I want to talk about today, guys, is that now you've written something and now it's time to start editing. And uh, in my own process, I'll just give you a story. I was uh, working, I had an idea. We, we were serving in Indonesia and I wanted to write a novel about a, a business traveler who goes to Indonesia and kind of finds his heart in, in the process of falling into a, a really bad situation of getting kidnapped. And, and I was writing this and I um, you know, writing and writing, and I, I think extroverts probably should not try to write things because I, I created too many characters. I just had too many imaginary friends in my book, and I had so many people in the book, and then I started giving out copies to friends to read it, and, and then one person said, hey, whatever happened to this character? And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about him. It's just like, poof, in the final scene, he's just gone. <laughs> just too many, too many people. And what I didn't do was a was kind of and what i would talk about you know outlining and kind of thinking where the plot lines are going to go i just started writing randomly and then it took me so long as people said man this is a great book but it's just so many characters i can't keep it so i had to kill off like eight characters believe it or not just way too many characters violent man crazy <laughs> and then it's like you know if, if you're a sovereign god that's you know you can you can think think of all these uh plot lines in your head but i had to and my kids thought this was so funny. I, I had to put a big whiteboard on the wall of our upstairs office. And then I was like writing all the names of people, make sure I got it all straight and the timelines and trying to it. And the, the writing took uh, about an eighth of the time. And then everything else was editing and rewriting. And someone said, writing is rewriting. You know, the, the key to getting something written is to write a really uh, awful first draft of something, and then you just start editing and editing and editing. So most of the creative process probably is just rewriting. And would you say that's been true for your case, for you guys' case, Rob? Yeah, I think that um, it's definitely writing is definitely rewriting, and it's again the goal is to like. That's why in the last podcast I talked about outlining is really important. Know the goal of what your story is. Know who you're talking to. I think those are questions like know your audience. Like who would read this book, you know, is a really important question to ask yourself. And then you're kind of dialing it in and dialing it in. Uh, Stephen King in his book on writing, uh, and no matter what you think about Stephen King, he is one of the most prolific, best-selling writers oh, yeah. of our time. And uh, one thing that he said is when you write a draft – Write a draft and then put it away 
for probably, he said like three weeks, four weeks, but you need to put it away enough to where you can get distance. And then that distance lets you read it again with fresh eyes. Huh. If you've ever read something and it's, and it's fresh to you and you're reading it over, and this is more for long front book screenplays that I'm talking about, but if you've read a story over and over and over again, it, eventually it gets to like, kind of like you're saying, like I can't even keep all these characters straight. And so a lot of times the best thing to do is write that draft, get it down, do the best job that you possibly can, and then put it away and then look at it again. What about you for Not Like Me, Eric? What was the editing process like for you in that? Well, it was really fascinating because in some ways my first book was actually A Fruitful Life that I oh, started really? writing in 2001, but it didn't get published and I, you know, until I put it out through Snippet in 2014. So, so that book took a long, long time. And I know you've talked about you know, how your book took such a long time, but it is funny how uh, some, just, some things just need to be rewritten and rewritten to where it finally makes sense, like getting what's in your head out on the paper to where other people will do it. And so for me, that has taken a long time. And then not like me, when I first sent it in, the editor was so sweet and very helpful, but she said, you know, the tone of the book, you're so judgmental of people who are judgmental. Uh, and basically you need to rewrite the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> and so, and she felt like it needed to be in two sections. It needed a, an introduction, a conclusion, and two more chapters. And so it was almost debilitating to hear, oh my gosh, I have to change the entire tone and add four chapters basically. Um, but she had something to work with. And that's the key to editing is get it down on paper, like Rob's saying, get down, you know, write down the draft and then just put it away. I like that advice from Stephen King. And then uh, you're basically asking someone to look in the depths of your soul and critique it, you know, is what it feels like. But if you can distance yourself enough and get enough people that care about you and want you to succeed and you have a humble enough spirit to say, just tell me everything that you see and what needs to change, you'll have a better product in the end. Because uh, the whole process, like you described, is just putting it on paper is just one tiny part of what actually could end up being published. So let me ask you a follow-up question, Eric. How painful was that when you got the advice of, like, this really needs a significant rewrite? Well, it was very difficult, very humbling. Um, But at that point... You know, to have somebody who's reading my writing and offering honest feedback, you know, the scriptures even say a rebuke is like a kiss on the lips from, uh-huh. you know, from a friend. Like, y- you have to have a humble heart to, to put your work out there so that others can give you that sort of feedback. But if your goal is, I want to help the most people, if the person who's reading it, it doesn't get it or feels like there's some changes that would help more people you got to be humble enough to say, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. But if you're in a position of, well, they just don't get it, uh, well, they're who you want to read it. Right. So, <laughs> so you have to be open to feedback. Yeah, and that's, it's so hard. I, I remember uh, when I was uh, working on Java Wake, and I thought I got it to a place where I was happy with it, and then I, I sent it off to some literary agents, and one uh, guy named Michael Carlisle, who had represented a lot of, of best-selling books, he read it, and he, he declined, but he gave me a really, like, a lot of critique why. And so I thought, it, man, I had to pick myself off the ground. It's like, oh, I really thought I was going to get in with this guy. But then I took his email 
And I said, okay, I'm going to have to rewrite like a third of the book now because here's, here's the guy who's the expert. And so as hard as it was, now I'm proud of it, whereas before it's like, well, this is okay, but it wasn't, it didn't really hit the sweet spot. And I'm curious for you, Rob, how painful has editing or other people's feedback been for you in your writing career? Well, when you write something, you kind of expect to give it to someone. They're going to be like, you're like, oh, just be honest. Give your feedback. Tell me what you think. But what you really expect to happen is you're going to give it to someone. They're like, wow, this changed my life. Don't this change your word. Yeah, like, don't change your word. <laughs> Let's just print it right now. Like, that's kind of in your head what you really think. And I think for every writer, that's kind of what they actually <laughs> think will happen. Um, but, yeah, tough feedback is really, really difficult to deal with, which is why you have to be so guarded about who you get feedback from. Hmm. Because um, if you're not, you'll get the wrong feedback and it'll steer you on the right direction. And if it's someone who's the right person who you trust, then you have to, I mean, what you said, Eric, is exactly right. Then you have to like, okay, this is, this is a good rebuke because they're giving me notes that are pushing me towards where I want to go. Like when you get notes and edits from someone, that's the biggest thing you have to ask is like, is this, that's why your goal and knowing what you're wanting to do is so important up top because then the notes that you get, you're like, oh, this is pushing this towards the book or the piece that I want it to be or ah, they don't get it and that's pushing it further away. And so, How do you know the difference between good feedback and bad feedback? Well, one, the person the person it's coming from, like think about... Like your mother's probably not going to... Yeah, your mother... uh, (laughs) I mean, even a spouse. A spouse is an interesting one, you know, to... Like my wife is really like overly honest with me and will tell me all my shortcomings. (laughs) I like that, overly honest. (laughs) (laughs) She's not afraid to tell me my shortcomings. So like, uh, and I have so many of them. And so so I can kind of trust her. But sometimes even the books that I'm writing on, she would not be a reader. Like she would never pick up that book from Barnes and Noble. So I'm like, okay, well, she may not be the exact audience. So I think someone who's really in your audience or someone who's a trusted professional, like is the only two people that you should be getting feedback from. Wow. How, how about you, Eric? Is you like, who have you solicited feedback beside your editor at Sonderfin? Like, who have you solicited feedback from? Well, since part of my writing process includes, you know, the origins of many of these books or thoughts or chapters, uh, was a sermon. Okay, and so you can you can get immediate feedback from that audience in terms of did it resonate? Did it help? Did it? Um, strike a nerve or did it miss if people check in their watches then you leave that section out. that's right yeah, that's okay. right it was there was a, res, a <laughs> response you know and 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 what kind of response and so when you and it's funny because even when i do messages i'll often in my small groups bef- the week before share stories see how it worked and change how i share the story so i'm a very extroverted person as well so a lot of times the origins of what i end up writing down started with a story that i tell to a, f- a few friends, it turns into a, a part of a message that turns into something I write down. And so for me, the process kind of uh, immediate feedback. As a speaker, that's just something that I'm, I'm able to do or I like to do. Okay. Um, and so for me, the editing process might involve more people from the very, very beginning. But I like what Rob's saying in terms of if you can get a professional to take a look, you've got to have an open mind and open heart to what he or she has to say rather than just dismissing them, well, they just don't get it. And that's where I found a lot of folks aren't willing to put in um, the, the, the work in terms of letting people really see it uh, and really speak into it. 
And again, humility, man, opens the door to all sorts of improvements. Uh, and so I like what Rob's saying, get, getting those right people that give you the feedback because they're the audience that you're trying to write to. Great. And let me, let me ask you guys one more last question here. So someone who's like, okay, I'm kind of tooling around, got a little book idea, and I'm, and I'm writing it. And now they think, you know what? I think I'd like to, I'd like to have this manuscript see the light of day. I'd like to be published. And so now I have to go through this editing process. And like, what advice would you give people to like be someone who's an aspiring writer to a published author? They said, I want to publish something. And they're, they're just hearing this conversation and thinking, okay, I've got, a, I've got a lot of work to do. Like, what, what advice would you, either of you guys give or both of you? Go ahead, Eric. Well, I think just to be patient, the process right. can take a while. But I would say don't come to closure too soon. Like sometimes right. you're working on a project and you just want to be done with it. And so you might try to get it out there sooner than it's ready. And when you do that, the chances of it getting published are even less. And you might have lost that window because a lot of folks aren't going to, literary agents or, or book publishers aren't going to, wait to read your next version right you got one shot you got one shot so to do a lot of the pre-work is worth it to once you get to that person but i've I've found again some of its personality related being extroverted and a j uh, judger on the myers-briggs i like to come to closure right and so that could get me into trouble because i come to closure too soon something's not as ready as i think it is um and i'm an intuitive so i i connect dots that other people aren't connecting and so, again, sometimes, like you kind of joked about in the other podcast, there is this sense of sometimes our personalities go against the very thing we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But figuring out how do, I, um, how do I let people into this process, be patient with the process, not come to closure too soon to where it's actually ready to then pitch to a literary agent or to a book publisher. All right. Rob? Yeah, I think that's spot on advice. Um, when you send stuff out, if you're sending out, like if you're paying someone for their time, then they'll work and do it for you. If you're sending it out to a publisher or an agent who are looking to make money off you or make money off the work, they're going to assume whatever you sent them is the best possible thing you could ever write. And so if that's not true, then you should stop and say, well, uh, without an editor, you know, that's the best possible thing that you could write. So I would say if you're serious about writing and you're serious about publishing, the first thing would be, uh, kind of find some feedback from trusted friends who are in your demographic. Of, like, don't if you're writing a vampire book, don't give your book to someone who doesn't like vampire books. Like a vampire slayer. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Or whatever the book, you know. And so, um, so, so I think that's the key thing: is really know, have your book really, really dialed in. I think there's two times to take your book out to people. One is for tone. And so kind of Eric's story, like one thing I did with my early book that I didn't even realize I was doing was I sent out just one chapter to my editor and I said, what do you think of this for tone? So before he read the whole book, I actually sent it out to him and just said, how do you like this? How's tone? So don't look at the whole story, but just look at my tone and voice and kind of how I'm saying. So then I got kind of feedback on that, knowing that he wouldn't understand the whole story. And then you get feedback on kind of your entire book. So if you can find, I mean, I think writing groups are fantastic. Other writers who are, you know, professionals and you can help them and they can help you, you know? And so I think people who will 
push you along, kind of get you where you need to go. And then once you feel like, okay, this is ready. Like if you're, if you're the closer who wants to be uh, just done with it, give it a little bit more time. If you're the perfectionist who's like, ah, this will never be ready, then really get it to a point, and then you have to take that brave step to send it out. That's good. This has been so fun. And Rob, could I ask you to just close with a prayer just for people out there who got the writing bug and they're just hearing this and feeling stirred, just the Lord would give them the courage to keep moving forward. Yeah, Lord, uh, we come to you today, Lord, on this podcast, and we thank you for creativity, Lord. We thank you for the gift of writing, Lord. We know that you tell stories, Lord. We know that people's hearts and minds are impacted through stories, Lord. Hearts and minds are impacted through higher ideas, Lord. So I pray for all the writers that are listening, Lord, that you would inspire them, that you would guide them, Lord, that you'd help them find truth. In your name, amen. Well, this has been really fun for me. I, I feel I feel freshly inspired and I feel sharpened by your advice. And uh, it'd be fun to do this again, guys. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Sure thing. God bless.